Today's program has been brought to you by Underground Meats, an American producer of handcrafted salami and cured meats in Madison, Wisconsin. For more information, visit shop.undergroundfoodcollective.org or stop by their butcher shop in Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonnie, and today we're coming to you live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. After a brief hiatus, I am back full-time now, and you can listen to the show live every Thursday at 11 a.m. on heritageradionetwork.org or download the podcast on iTunes. Today, I'm excited to welcome two guests via phone, the co-creators of the new book, Design Brooklyn, Renovation, Restoration, Innovation, Industry. Writer Anne Hellman and photographer Michelle Arnaud are here via phone, and their latest book is a visual exploration of the diverse interiors and exteriors that make up Brooklyn's design scene. From gorgeous private spaces to public hotspots, their new book gives you a peek inside the spaces that have made Brooklyn a must-visit destination for the past decade. I have a million questions I want to ask them about the book and their take on the evolution of Brooklyn design, so let's dive right in. Michelle and Anne, thanks so much for talking with me today. Thank you, Grace. Thank you. So, first of all, congratulations. I just saw that uh, Amazon chose your book as one of the best books of the month. So, you guys are off to a great start so uh, far. Well, thank you so much. That was <laughs> no, that's really exciting. <laughs> so, I always like to start by getting an idea of how people came into their current careers before we dive into new projects. So, Michelle, could you start by telling us uh, where you grew up and when you first became interested in photography? Yeah, I grew up in France and graduated in journalism and started my career in photography in London, and uh, as an assistant uh, with a still-life photographer. And I quickly uh, branched out in fashion and reportage. Uh, when I moved to New York 20 years ago, I got interested in uh, interior uh, photography and uh, work under contract with Harper's Bazaar and House and Garden for many years. <clears throat> and uh, I have to say that at the time, Brooklyn was not really on the map. <laughs> it wasn't art and trendy or anything. Uh, so I did not spend much time then until uh, I met Anne and we started this project, uh, which was just uh, an amazing uh, journey of discovery. I'm so excited to hear about it. Anne, where did you grow up and when did you first start writing and sort of becoming interested in design as a field? Well, I, I grew up in Mill Valley, California, ah. um, and then moved east. Um, for school, I went to Smith College, and then straight out of Smith, I, um, I moved to Williamsburg, and this was 1997. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I moved into a building that was, you know, pretty much, uh, it still had two floors of sweatshops in it, um, <laughs> um, and that building is actually um, on the corner of Metropolitan and Roebling. Um, oh. now, that, now that's a completely different building than it was then. Um, <clears throat> And so I've lived in Brooklyn since then. I um, started working for a small press called Allworth Press that does a lot of design books. Um, the, it was more graphic design at that point. And then I went from there to Norton, um, worked for the design editor there, and then um, a small press called Pointed Leaf Press, which is where I met Jane Creech. Um, and she's the agent on this book. She's really kind of been a collaborator on this project. Um, 
she was the one who sat down with me, you know, in April of 2011, just as I was finishing my um, my uh, renovation of my house, <laughs> and said, you know, what about doing a book about, you know, your townhouse renovation? Mm-hmm. And I said, that would be really interesting, except I don't want to focus just on my house. I'd mm-hmm. want to focus on, you know, five case studies or something like that. So that's really where it got started. Um, so how did you two meet each other and decide to work on this project? Well, Jane introduced um, me to Michelle. Okay, go ahead. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, and, you know, and, and Michelle and Jane are, are partners, so they, you know, in a way we became kind of a collaboration of three very quickly. Um, um, and, you know, I don't know if you want to speak a little bit, Michelle, as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it was just uh, Jane came and said, you know, there is this uh, great uh, <coughs> uh, townhouse to, uh, to, to photograph. Would you be interested to do a project uh, of interior design and, and everything? And obviously that's what I do. So I said, yes, let's have a look. And then uh, we, we got together with Anne and uh, I think uh, we uh, like working together and uh, I think we, we had some good positive vibes. And uh, we just started, and started with our house, and then, you know, uh, started to get reference and referrals and move on to see other people. And uh, it was, I mean, it was exactly uh, the way to go about it, so that we discovered Brooklyn and all the, um, uh, the development and everything which happened there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from from a, 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 a low base, you know, from a, a starting point, which so that we had we, we created that feeling in the book, which is you know moving on and discovering in a sense. Right. And I have to say, from a European perspective, you know, the, the the size of the real estate, untouched by development, so close to Manhattan, is unique and quite extraordinary, and that's what makes Brooklyn such a unique. Uh, laboratory or of new ideas and concepts. I mean, you know, it's, it's just uh, right. it's amazing. To and, you know, it was, it was a really good combination of, you know, I was living in Brooklyn and Michelle was coming, you know, more from Manhattan. Mm-hmm. He had kind of a, you know, I really feel like his photography captured, you know, a really fresh kind of, um, you know, fascinated view of the borough. <laughs> And whereas I, you know, you know, I, I, you know, had been living here for a while, so it was really invigorating to kind of come upon it. And we were exploring neighborhoods, you know, that I never normally spend a lot of time in. I don't mm-hmm. spend a lot of time in Stuyvesant Heights or, you know, further out into um, Bed-Stuy or Crown Heights. And um, that was really fascinating. I mean, just exploring so many different, um, it started off just houses. And then when we started working with Abrams, they, you know, were, you know, they said, why don't we expand this? And that's when we started looking at more things. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my favorite parts of the book is that it's not just it's not just home tours. It's a really in, sort of eclectic mix of shop spaces and hotels and these buildings that have sort of their own stories that have been sort of evolved over the last few years. It's like younger generations of owners and makers have sort of inhabited them. And I love that you've got a chapter on industry where you're talking about sort of small scale makers and people in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. And so I want to talk a little bit about how you chose to break up the book into those chapters like renovation and restoration and innovation. How did you decide to structure the book that way? And why did you choose that structure? Well, you know, it started out actually, um, 
we had a number of chapters. We had about seven chapters. We were looking at themes, um, counterculture, mm. um, modern concepts, uh, historical renovations. So we were really looking at kind of um, breaking it up into themes. And then, you know, it really was by the time we handed in the manuscript and really started honing the manuscript, it became clear that we needed to kind of simplify it a bit. So we, we broke it into, you know, first three, renovation, innovation, and restoration. And, but then we had, along the way, you know, as Michelle said, this is a journey. We had met so many industrial and product designers. You know, I mean, at, at one point it was about 30, I think, at least, that we had gone to their studio and seen what they were making. And, you know, and we thought, well, you know, let's make that a chapter in the book. Um, and that became industry. So that became kind of our way of, you know, paying homage to these designers who really make Brooklyn unique. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I sorry. Made, Go ahead, I, Michelle. I made this book, and um, I, I, that's one of the things which I did find as well uh, amazing is this uh, light industrial renewal where uh, young new talent are using old factories and sharing it as a cooperative kind of uh, setup and and creating, you know, furnitures and, I mean, it's just wonderful. Light, I mean, you know, it's uh, all, all aspect of interior design and uh, uh, when, you know, we, we always hear that there is no... Uh, that, uh, you know, industry is di- disappearing from America. This is a beautiful example that actually it isn't and it can be done. Anyway. Right. I think that's a really interesting thing to point out. I was noticing this week, um, I'm not sure if either of you were familiar with or were following the Martha Stewart was hosting this Made in America competition where it was sort of elevating yeah. and celebrating Made in America designers, everything from like quilt makers to furniture makers and architects. And they announced their winners this week. And I was looking through the finalist list and was blown away by how many of them were based in Brooklyn. And, right. and part of me was blown away. And then part of me was kind of like, well, yeah, that's what we see every day here. But I, I'm very aware of the fact that we're living in a a sort of interesting community that's not very normal here, whereas everyone seems to make their own things and try to keep it local and no one's trying to factor like our factory things in China and stuff like that. It's just become the norm here. And it's such an incredible sort of bubbling pot of exciting ideas and people working together in collaboration. Um, In terms of that industry, did you see that affecting sort of the design you were seeing within those spaces? Because I found those makers seem to be fueling their own particular aesthetic that I'm very much in love with. Oh, right. I mean, it was, it, was, it was amazing to go to all of these studios. And, you know, the spirit of it, really, like you said, you know, make, made in America, made in Brooklyn um, was, was throughout. Um, also because they're in these old post-industrial, you know, indigenous buildings. So they're kind of turning those environments into, um, you know, shops and, and studios and everything feels kind of organic, you know, from the original, you know, 1850s or even earlier building. And um, so we saw them, you know, we saw, you know, um, Takeshi Miyakawa, who's in Greenpoint. He's in the vast studio space, you know, big warehouse building. And he's, he's just packing it with these things he's making. I mean, just beautiful things out of wood. And he brings in a lighting designer who's a friend who does a lighting piece on the wall. I mean, these are amazing environments that kind of 
bring out the, the, the kind of theme of collaboration in Brooklyn as well. I think, uh, if, if I may as well, is that the, the repurposed materials, and uh, we had lots of examples where uh, companies like Uhuru would buy the, the boardwalk, the, the wood mm. the boardwalk uh, in Coney Island and repurpose it in furniture, mm-hmm. sometimes uh, giving you the sense of uh, like uh, a Coney Island uh, iconic image or something. And I, th- I think that is great, too, because it, it brings this uh, industrial revival into a green concept, a context. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, really, I really thought it was uh, very optimistic and lovely. To me, that's always sort of been the defining factor of Brooklyn design, at least for the last decade, which is, I think, the decade that's been getting the most attention. And in your chapter, Innovation, you focus on Roberto's here in Bushwick, which is actually where we record from every Thursday, um, and sort of (laughs) celebrating the way that that this space is sort of decorated with and designed with unconventional and very much reused and repurposed materials. And the studio here, which I'm not sure if you guys saw when you're here, is actually made of like an old shipping container that's been lined with wood, and there's sort of a hodgepodge of furniture and to me it's so quintessentially Brooklyn to sort of look around you see what you have and make it work in a way that now people seem to be emulating not just across the country but very much across the globe and I feel like when I see people from Tokyo and other parts of Japan coming and visiting Brooklyn it's very much this repurposed style that people seem to be grabbing and trying to take back home with them right yeah actually actually, actually, you know there's a picture of uh, of your studio recording the book yeah Mm -hmm. And it's why we uh, put Roberta's kind of first in innovation because um, because not only is it innovative to to really build an entire restaurant out of what they found on site, um, but to you know but to also kind of you know bring in other elements such as you know a radio station you know that looked out onto part of the dining room and um, a you know outdoor um, garden and rooftop you know hothouse. I mean that. It was it, all of this is um, repurposing, but in 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 a 2013 way. You know, it's it's, it's brilliant. It is. Well, we're going to take a very quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with Anne Hellman and photographer Michelle Arnaud. Underground Meats is an American producer of handcrafted salami and cured meats in Madison, Wisconsin. They use small farms from southwest Wisconsin to source their meat. The animals are raised on pasture for their entire lives by farmers who care about animal welfare. While Underground Meats uses European traditions, they also use ingredients from the upper Midwest to try to create new types of salamis, experimenting with both ingredients and techniques. The salamis are made using heritage breeds, mostly red wattles, tamworts, berkshires, and mule foots. Try their award-winning cured pork shoulder and goat salami. To learn more and purchase products, visit shop.undergroundfoodcollective.org or stop by their butcher shop in Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome back to After the Jump. I'm your host, Grace Bonney, and today I'm speaking with writer Anne Hellman and photographer Michelle Arnaud, who created the book Design Brooklyn, Renovation, Restoration, Innovation, Industry. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about sort of the birth of the book and 
sort of the current state of Brooklyn design. But I want to dive in a little bit more closely to the book and talk about how you actually found and chose the spaces here. One of the interesting things we uh, mentioned to the book on my website this week, and Amy, who wrote about it, started the post by saying, wait, 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 don't don't turn off your ears as another book about <laughs> Brooklyn design, because there have been so, there's been so much written about Brooklyn lately, and it can be a challenge to find interiors or spaces that haven't been covered. And you guys did a really fantastic job of finding interiors that haven't been covered or haven't been sort of looked at in a close way as much as as others have. How did you choose the spaces um, and how did you go about sort of setting that up? Well, thank you. I mean, it, it you know, it started off as a townhouse um, book and so I went straight to the um, neighborhood um, associations in Brooklyn, starting with Brooklyn Heights and then to Crown Heights, um, Bed-Stuy, uh, Prospect Heights. And they gave me the list of people who were willing to put their homes on home tours. And so it really started there in terms of finding homeowners who were so excited about their house and so excited to share their architect's, you know, vision with us. And um, and from there, what's really interesting is from there, they then referred us, you know, to other to architects, to other designers. We met Mike D., the Beastie Boys, through one of the um, curtain designers in, the, in a home that we were looking at. So it really was this kind <laughs> of, you know, interconnected web of people that, um, that brought us these things. I really feel, um, feel, you know, lucky to have found those people. And then the other thing is that uh, on a couple of projects, you know, we had, we, <clears throat> like the, the project in Clinton Street that we have in renovation, we took the project from the early beginning uh, before anything happened, when they when the, the the people bought the house, to the final uh, product, right. the, the beauty pictures, basically, and uh, we wanted to do some um, animation and all kind of things with it, but we didn't have the <laughs> room for it. So, no, that's uh, true. That's a good that's a good point. We were going to do a um, time lapse video. Michelle was, uh-huh. knows how to do that. You know, set up a time lapse of a renovation inside a house. I think it's still a brilliant idea. <laughs> but, yeah, we uh, have all the pictures. I know. <laughs> we could still do it, maybe. Um, so, yeah, we really found homes, um, you know, initially, I guess, through the, the associations, the home tours, but then, you know, branched out from there because there's so many people who are so proud of their designs and, and, and so many people renovating in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I guess we we... We as well, you know, selected, I mean, because we shot much more than is in book. Mm-hmm. That's why we did right. the blog, because there was so much material that uh, it was kind of sad not to be, to show it. Um, and then we, you know, we selected it so that it was more representational of uh, the movement that we sort of felt was going on in Brooklyn. Really. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was really curious about is that, Anne, you've lived in Brooklyn for a while, and Michelle, you're familiar with Brooklyn, but we're coming as sort of someone from the city. Did either of you, or were either of you surprised by anything you learned about Brooklyn while making the book? Um, was there anything that felt new to you, Anne, or Michelle? Was there something you discovered about Brooklyn or sort of the spirit of Brooklyn design that you didn't expect? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... I didn't, ex- you know, I really didn't expect uh, what we we found, and uh, uh, it, it 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 just made my my work taking pictures so exciting because usually, you know, you have a when you work for a magazine, you're just doing one job and that's it, and you move on. 
And here, you know, we, we actually shot continuously, well, sort of, for about, uh, I think, about eight months or something. You know, yeah, like we would go yeah. a day or two every week uh, to see uh, more project. And, uh, you know, I, I just was amazed by the diversity and uh, the, the creativity of, uh, you know, the, what, we, what we saw and uh, what we tried to capture, really. Yeah, I, I mean, I was blown away probably on the, you know, the polar ends of, you know, the innovation that we saw, you know, Jane's Carousel, um, the Brooklyn Bridge, um, sorry, the, the Brooklyn Botanic Garden Visitor Center. Those pieces of architecture just kind of blew my mind that they were in Brooklyn um, because they're just breathtaking and they're huge and they're they're done by, you know, exquisite architects. Um, and then on the other hand, you know, restoration was really fascinating to explore. I knew some Brooklyn history. I mean, we all know a little bit studying American history, but Fort Green Park, also that whole story and kind of discovering that really fascinated me. I, I knew that it played a role in the American Revolution, but had no idea really how that park has followed Brooklyn through the through a couple I centuries. Think, I think the, maybe I, I want to add something is that uh, for uh, a city you know, a concentrated city. There's a lot of green space in the, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And and somehow we tried, uh, I mean, we, we would have liked to put more, but we were, you know, restricted by the size of the book. But we, we tried to introduce some of those green space, which are either on the roof or uh, in the street on the parks, and to, to give it more of, you know, what it is to be in Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. so to just, you know, interiors after interiors after Right, exactly. I love that you guys did that. I think that there have been a lot of books about Brooklyn that have been wonderful, but for me, this one very much captured what it's like to live in Brooklyn right now. And I think part of that was the decision to include green spaces because all these interior books are so much about kind of like going behind a door and sort of escaping into whatever gorgeous interior, whether it's completely gutted and redone or if it's somebody working with a existing very old architecture. It's sort of about escaping the outside world. And I like that you kind of gave people an idea of what it's like to live in this space as a, as a total unit. I mean, Brooklyn isn't just townhouses and isn't just new buildings being built on the waterfront. It's very much about the green spaces that exist that I don't think really get celebrated in the same way. And I think you guys did that in such a nice way. And um, it sort of reminds me of the way that I think Brooklyn is very much changing right now to not entirely be about these sort of dark cubbied away spaces behind doors, but very much about sort of embracing a brighter, lighter aesthetic. Um, for you, as people who've been obviously watching Brooklyn, Brooklyn so closely lately, how have you been feeling Brooklyn design changing? Or do you think it's changing at all? Well, yes. I mean, I think what's, what's fascinating about it is the way that Brooklyn has become kind of an international locale in a mm. way. Um, so many different um, designers and architects from all over the world have come here um, um, alongside people who have lived here and worked here for a long time. And so I see this kind of, um, you know, this kind of bro- broadening out in Brooklyn that, you know, I, I suspect will continue. What about you, right. Michelle? Well, um, I, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it, but um, you know, I wanted to, to mention uh, Bushwick because I love that area, uh, <laughs> that mm-hmm. sort of post-industrial kind of uh, borough. 
<laughs> and, and I like what is happening there in, in, a, in a very sort of funky and uh, crazy way in some ways. And there's the most, the best, the best wall art uh, in New York. Oh, yes. Bushwicks, and, and I, I, you know, I took lots of pictures of them. Obviously, we didn't use any much, but, but it's, it's so, you know, it, it, it's so inspirational, really. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so visceral, so just think, walking around Brooklyn. I think, I think you know, the design yeah. in Brooklyn is, is just moving on on the track that it is, which, you know, has many components. And, uh, you know, beautiful restoration that, that uh, people like Daniel Thompson do, which, you know, is bringing back the house to its roots and its origin, basically. Um, to, uh, well, like uh, Anne mentioned, you know, Jen's Carousel, which is like a stunning uh, piece of architecture, protecting an old uh, carousel. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I think those various uh, lane of uh, design, or, you know, the branch of designs are, uh, are going to go on and uh, that's that's what makes Brooklyn so fascinating I think and so interesting. One thing I'm curious about is what each of your takes um, on the sort of development that's happening in northern Brooklyn, uh, the sort of waterfront developments that are happening, what was done to the Williamsburg waterfront, which is now where like the Brooklyn Flea is and all of those, um, the ferries stop there and these huge glass towers, which is now, I'm not sure if either of you have seen, there's this massive, massive plan to redevelop the Greenpoint waterfront as well. And there's this right. sort of existing assembly of beautiful factory buildings, especially in Greenpoint, that I'm not sure if they're going to get demolished or not. But how do you feel these new developments are working or sort of winding into the existing older ones? Or do you think that's going to sort of destroy things? Or do you think people will continue to design maybe in reaction to that? Well, I hope, I, I really hope that enough of those old industrial buildings are preserved. I mean, the White Hotel is an example of what you can do with mm -hmm. one. I mean, it's just a beautiful renovation that really preserves the, the, the building itself. And I think, you know, so I hope for, the, you know, I hope for the Greenpoint waterfront um, development to really keep in mind that this this is a very unique um, part of the world, and that you know that you can have your your high rises if you need them. I guess I mean it's amazing for for me having lived in Williamsburg, seeing these you know these sky rises go up. Um, but to but to to keep in mind that these other buildings are are just as important, and hopefully architects and they they are architects are smart enough and and talented enough to, to integrate the two. And for each of you, what was a neighborhood you discovered during the creation of this book that is now one of your new favorites that you weren't familiar with before? Bushwick. <laughs> Bushwick for the win. All right. Yeah, bedside for me. I just, I just, I fell in love with the history there. I couldn't believe it. it was, that's another place that I, was probably a surprise for me that, you know, how historical and then how, how lovely of a neighborhood that, that area is. And for each of you, there are so many people visiting Brooklyn now from all over the world. I would love to know from each of you, what are three must-visit places in Brooklyn? One shop or store, one restaurant, and one historic space or like a public space. What are each of your three must-sees? Well, I would do Roberta. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really, I really do enjoy uh, going there. <laughs> And uh, certainly, uh, Jen's Carousel. Mm -hmm. And what was the third one you The want? third one is a historic space or a public space, like a park or a museum. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I, I love them, so mm-hmm. I guess that would be okay. <laughs> definitely say, you know, visit them, and it's wonderful, especially with the new fish oil and everything. Mm-hmm. What about you, Anne? Well, I would say, I mean, I, I think for a public space, I think the Brooklyn Botanic Garden mm-hmm. right now, I mean, in, at any in any season, and actually their living roof is meant to be, you know, the new visitor center is meant to be seen in all seasons. I think that's a very special place. Um, uh, you know, it, uh, uh, let's see, I guess like a, uh, a restaurant, I would say, Rucola, which is also in mm. the book, um, that's in a, a neighborhood, Borum Hill, that is, you know, Typical kind of small neighborhood. It has this wonderful small neighborhood feel that I think is worth kind of dining in in a lot of ways. <laughs> and then, did you say a historic place? I think mm-hmm. I, would, I, would, I would definitely say Fort Greene Park. Um, I think. Oh, maybe we lost it. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Okay. Um, to try and get some history behind it while you're there. That's fantastic. Well, for everyone listening, um, if you are in the New York area on Monday, November 4th, uh, Anne and Michelle will be having a party at Powerhouse Arena, which is in Dumbo. It's 37 Main Street to celebrate the launch of the book. So if you're in town, please check it out. It's November 4th, 7 to 9 p.m. And you can get details at powerhousearena.com. You can also check out the very excellent blog that Michelle and Anne are running, which is Design Brooklyn. It's design-brooklyn.tumblr.com. And of course, you can pick up the new book, Design Brooklyn, which is published by Abrams and STC um, at stores everywhere. And you can check out the Abrams site to pick up a copy as well. Michelle and Anne, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you so much. much. Great, and best of luck with the book. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.